Welcome to the CoinGam Podcast. I'm your host, Fritz Charles. On this podcast, we attack the crypto asset and blockchain space from all angles, from the underlying technology to the economic impact. Every single episode, we try to look at the blockchain space from a new lens, and this episode was no different. But before we start this episode, I wanted to share a bit about our advisory services. We've built a huge network of blockchain professionals who can help you out with your projects, whether you want to launch an ICO or you're just looking to do some deeper research. We can put you in the right place. We have advisors, blockchain developers, and legal professionals. If you need help, just visit us at coingamma.com. Now, let's start the episode. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Fritz, host of the Coin Gamma podcast. We're actually doing something a little bit different today. We're going, we're recording live from the Blockchain Opportunity Summit in New York, and so I'm pretty honored to have uh, my first guest, um, who's also attendee at the summit, um, Dr. Devora Gracer. Um, she is the founder and CEO of Kiss Patent. Thank you, Dr. Devora. Thanks for coming on. And please tell us about your background, what led you into blockchain, as well as tell us about KISSPAT. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for inviting me to be on your podcast. So we're here at the Blockchain Opportunity Summit, and that is dealing with innovations in blockchain, which are very interesting, including a lot of new enterprise applications, but also the legal and regulatory hurdles for blockchain. Among the legal and regulatory hurdles that blockchain experiences or the blockchain founders experience have to do with patents. Now, patents are a form of idea protection. Sure. At KISS Patent, we help innovators protect their ideas and realize their dreams by protecting ideas through patents. Patents allow them to protect a concept, a technological concept, like software, right. for example. Uh, other forms of ID protection also include trademarks, which protect your name, and copyright, which protects video, written, and other types of sure, content. Sure, sure. Uh, being that most blockchain projects are based on code, that's probably most relevant for what you do. I believe so, yes, because code, you can protect code strictly as code through copyright, but it's a very narrow type of protection. Okay. If someone takes your idea and they redo it, right. then you know, copyright's not going to help you. You have to have a patent. Got it, got it. Now, patents can also help you protect your market niche, which for blockchain folks can be very, very important because they don't want others to be able to come into the market niche, maybe change the idea a bit, and then try to steal away their customers. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, that's how blockchain kind of started. People just forking and copying open source, right? Um, but I guess as, a, as the, the space has become more mature, it's become more commercialized, and so people are, are kind of developing some sort of a moat from what they built. Right. I would say that's true because there's a real tension in the blockchain community, which I appreciate, between wanting to share openly, but also wanting to protect your business, wanting to have a business so that it doesn't walk out the door. Yes, 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 yes. And part of the tension can actually be resolved with patents. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned before, patents protect the core of your idea, the heart of your business, that part of your business you don't want to walk out the door. Right, right. They're a per-country right, so you have okay. to prepare and file a patent application. And there are types in every of, country. In every country wow. where you want to have patent rights. Wow. Okay. Okay. But obviously, a lot of I mean, tokens and projects are being used across the world, right? So you could conceivably have to file patents in every country. Or I guess every country where you think that you, there's a perceived threat. Well, that's a very good point. 
patents are per country right, you would want to file them where there might be a competitor who would try to take your business. And given that blockchain is international, right. a competitor based outside the U.S. could conceivably still try to attack your U.S.-based business. Okay, okay, got it. Uh, you would also want to think about where your big market is. So for many of these applications, for example, China will turn out to be a huge market. Right. China has become very uh, interested and aggressive in Patent enforcement, 95% of all Chinese patent lawsuits are between two Chinese companies. Wow, wow. Yeah, so they're getting very serious about patent rights. I feel like they've gotten a lot of international pressure around that. Because obviously, or not obviously, and not to be stereotypical, but you know, counterfeit uh, items are a huge thing uh, that they've been uh, attacked about. And so I guess this, this might be part of that whole initiative. I believe it is part of an international movement for all countries all over the world to take patent rights more seriously, but ultimately my understanding is what drove it in China were market pressures. Okay. Chinese companies are in a hyper-competitive market, Sure. and patents help them distinguish themselves within that market and protect their own ideas. Of course, of course. Now, blockchain also is becoming hyper-competitive. Right, right. Um, just one example, Alibaba actually filed for approximately 10% of the world's patents on blockchain. What? Yes. That's incredible. Uh, wow, wow, wow. And so... And, and these kind of, are they all kind of focused mo mostly on things that touch e-commerce or is it kind of just the whole gamut? It's across the board, but it is more, my understanding from what I've seen of their patents, and there's an awful lot of them out there, I haven't sure. gone through all of them, but my understanding is they're focusing a lot on enterprise type solutions, solutions which provide commercial um, support, support for commerce all over the world, not just e-commerce, but any kind of commerce or okay. any kind of enterprise. Right, right, right. IBM, also a huge patent filer in blockchain, also very interested in enterprise right, solutions right. Yeah, as well. Yeah, they're using a Hyperledger yes. and other tools. And other tools as well. So they are also building more proprietary tools on top of that. So we have the platforms, okay. which give everyone a certain amount of support. And sometimes these platforms are used in combination with open source. Got it. Which has its own licensing requirements. So for example, if you have, uh, you're using lights, uh, open source within your own project, sure. then you have to obey the terms of the open source license. Right, The right. GPL, or GNU Public License, General Public License. Okay actually blocks the use of patents for wow. any code licensed under that particular license. Wow, okay. So you could actually be prevented from enforcing your patent if you use that code license in that way, in a particular way. It depends sure. on actually how you're doing it. Sure, sure. So, so if you want to build something blockchain-related that, uh, you know, that you want to patent protect, you should make sure that you don't reuse any other, I guess pieces, like any plugins or anything that, any, any foundation that, has, that could be uh, blocked based on this GPL license. Well, yeah. you have to be careful how you're using it. So it depends on how you use the code. If you want to bring the code in, okay. you have to segregate it from your other code in a Got particular it. way. Got it. Now, of course, this is true for any kind of tool that's okay. being brought in. For blockchain, however, I do believe there are additional complications because most blockchain startups that I'm working with personally, they're very interested in solutions or applications that run over the distributed ledger. Got it. They're less interested in cryptocurrencies. Some of them were planning ICOs. At least we heard, of course, about the SEC. It's gotten right. more complicated. Right. But some of them were planning that. But that was more of a way to fuel the ecosystem. Of course. 
to, to get users ahead of time. Right, to get right. in users to, to support, funding, yeah. to get funding, but also to support users within the ecosystem being able to have a uh, medium of value for exchange. Sure, sure. So in blockchain, we have these additional complications. You have the financial complications. There's the SEC with the tokens. Sure. There are the complications of open source. Of course. But also there are the complications of using certain types of uh, distributed ledgers. Are you going to be using one which is completely decentralized? Will it be permissioned or permissionless? Right. If you are a startup working in a regulated space, such as, for example, healthcare right. or the legal system, like, for example, patents or patent attorneys, okay. lawyers, any of those folks, we have to obey additional rules on top okay. of that. There are additional regulations, and the regulators haven't really caught up. For example, in the patent side, as an example of a legal process, we have actually not left the 18th century. <laughs> we replaced the quill pens with computers, which is a good thing, right. but the actual process hasn't changed very much since then, apart from the fact we're now filing digitally. So there are patent trolls back then too, huh? I'm not so sure there were patent trolls back then, actually. But <laughs> Uh, there, what there weren't back then were as many ways of gathering uh, patent owners together or for patent owners to share ownership or protection. Now, what do I mean by that? A patent provides a negative right. That is the right to exclude someone from making, using, selling, importing, exporting, etc. Sure. A particular idea. Right. So it's a way to kind of allow you to put a fence around your idea. Right, right. But it's not useful to put a fence around your idea unless you can also share it. So patents uh, are a way to share. Patents say, this is my idea. If you wish to share it with me, you must give me something that I value in exchange. That makes sense. Now, it could be money, but it could also be, for example, simply the right to be protected. Patents can also be defensive. As an example, Elon Musk for Tesla, he made that famous announcement, all our patents are belong to you, you know, based on the internet meme. Yeah in which he basically said that Tesla would not enforce its patents offensively, only use them as a defense if they were attacked. Makes sense. Makes sense. Twitter made a similar announcement. Wow. But the problem is there aren't many ways to share your ideas through patents without either saying, you know what, we're just going to be defensive or, you know, we're going to go the whole way. We want to be offensive. We're going to attack every single use. Right, right. Their patent laws aren't really set up for this. For example, in the US, if you want to enforce a patent, you either have to be the patent owner, okay. or you have to have something called an exclusive license, meaning only you have a license to that particular patent. Okay. Now that sets up a very difficult situation. What happens if I, as a patent owner, want a different type of sharing arrangement? I sure. want to permit all nonprofits right. to share uh, in my idea and to freely use my patent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is currently difficult. I'm, I don't want to say it's impossible. It would be very difficult to do under the current system. Now, blockchain would conceivably give away that you could actually bring ownership onto the blockchain and use that as a way to provide different types of ownership, different types of sharing, different types of control. Okay. But under the current laws, it's hard to see how this would then be enforced through the courts. Or how would this mesh with the court system, which are ultimately the enforcers right. of patent rights? The court system would have to be the owner of this blockchain, right? Because it would be like the U.S. Patent Office on the chain, I guess, because you would have the applications and the approvals, and it would lift on a blockchain. But I guess, like you said, this is international, so that's tough. Well, that would be one way of doing it. Let's, say, let's suppose we actually want to move the government office onto the blockchain, like you were saying. Right. Then you could actually have a number of functions right now which that government office uh, 
handles handled through the blockchain, like examination of patents. Of course. Right, because a patent's a contract. You have to exchange information, and in exchange for that information, if it's considered to be sufficiently innovative, then you receive patent rights. Understood. So that could conceivably be done through the blockchain. Okay. But other ways that the blockchain could be used is let's say you want to band together with other startups and other like-minded folks, other like-minded companies, right. to allow each other to pool patents and to share them. Okay. That could conceivably be done as well. But how would that be done? And how would that, be, how would that mesh with going to court against a big company that might choose to infringe one of the consortium's patents? Interesting. How could they get together and go against the big company? And how could that be enforced? Could it be enforced? I don't think it could currently be enforced through blockchain. You would have to go and do an off-chain action like going to court. Okay. So there's a lot of areas where blockchain could help efficiency, could help smaller companies, right. and could help with idea exchange and sharing of ideas while still protecting the smaller companies right. against people who want to steal their ideas. Makes sense. But we need to bring the laws and the regulations forward to be able to do that. We can't just simply be reactive. Um, I'm seeing right now the SEC is being more reactive. Something happens and then they react. Right. To really get the benefit of blockchain, we need more proactivity. We need Congress to pass laws that allow for proactive movement of activities onto the blockchain. Right, right. Makes sense. So. Um, your firm, is that what you're focused on? The education of ed educating regula regulators working with companies? Like what is, what's your company's main focus? Well, our main focus is we help our clients prepare and file patent applications. So I'm okay. admitted to the U.S. Patent Bar. Okay. I'm a U.S. patent agent. All right, all right. I have 22 years of experience wow. in this area. Wow. And so we work a lot with our clients to help them obtain patents okay. on one layer. On another layer, I'm also speaking with many others in the blockchain community right. to see how can we move activities onto the blockchain or how can we use the blockchain to augment current activities. Okay. I believe that through these interactions within the community, we as a community can come up with proposals that could then be brought to the regulators okay. and to the lawmakers. Sure, sure. I, I think, though, that if we don't do the work ourselves as a community, if we simply say, oh, patents are bad, or we don't want to change anything about patents, then nothing is actually going to improve. Patents are part of an overall solution. If we as a community are unhappy about the patent laws, how they're enforced, how they're currently built, then we need to do things to democratize patents. Right. One way in which we're doing that we are working to automate the patent process through artificial intelligence and machine learning. Wow. This would reduce the cost okay. and would allow more folks to participate in the patent economy. So what does, what does that look like? You put, I put in some information about my product and you, you're, you have an algorithm that could kind of tell me if there's a patent that already exists. Like how, how, what's, that, what's the user flow like? With well, that. The user flow, when it's fully built out, which we're sure. still working on, sure. <laughs> when it's fully built out, it would start with you would expre express your idea, describe your idea. We could then determine, for example, was it patentable in the sense of does it fall into a patentable category okay. according to the laws? Um, has it been done before? Is it truly innovative? In order to get a patent, your idea has to have that wow factor of being really different from what's in the area. Yes. And we could also help you determine that. Again, the algorithm would basically do that research. Sure. Then you have to prepare the patent application, so right. their drawings and text, and of right. course the, the algorithm diagrams. will also help you with that. Yes. Diagrams, yeah. yes. And you help them draw that, or yep. you, okay, he'll point them in the right direction. So you have, so you have. It sounds like you have uh, data scientists, you have 
designers, you have legal folks all on your team? Yes, we do. We have all these different folks on our team. We're all working together. Okay. As a first step, we made the patent process that we do internally manually much more efficient so we can do everything with fixed prices. That's great. If you go to kisspatent.com, you can take a look. All of our prices are fixed. You can pick a package. You can mix and match. Okay. You can you only get the services that you need. Sure. And you don't have to pay for something that you don't need. Plus, you're not paying by the hour, which is right. really annoying because you never know how much it costs. Right, right. For us, this is part of democratization of patents. I think demonization of patents is partly because it's been kidnapped to some extent by the big corporate interests right. with their big expensive lawyers. Yes. And what we're saying is, no, patents should be for everyone. Every startup who wants to have a patent should be able to afford one. They should understand what it needs what it takes, how to get one. We're trying to bridge that gap so that every startup who wants to have a patent would actually be able to get one. That's amazing. So, I mean, we kind of did this, This uh, we, got, we went right into it. Yeah. <laughs> tell us a little bit about you. you. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're obviously an accomplished individual. You spent um, uh, a lot of time in the t patent space. Mm -hmm. You're a doctor. So what did you, like, what was your career prior to blockchain, prior, prior doing patents, and then what, what, a lot, what made you kind of do a slight pivot into this space? Well, I actually started programming when I was 16. Okay. A largely self-taught. I did take a course once on computers, right. but mostly I learned how to program by doing. Okay. Uh, then I went on to school. I received a, my PhD in pharmacology, and I was programming for that. Okay. I was doing cell-state modeling. Okay. And then in I was, pharmacology. In pharmacology. I, I uh, pardon my ignorance, I, that doesn't have to do with pharmacy. That's it right, with drugs. Okay, all right, all right. That's my that was my assumption, but it seemed too 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 obvious. So nope. I wasn't sure. <laughs> You're right. It has to do with the study of how drugs affect cells and of course whole systems like multiple wow. cells, organs in the body. Wow. There's no bigger user of patents in the pharmacy industry. That is right? actually true. So, yes. So yeah, I, I could see how you started inching your way over to that, patent world. That's actually true. Um, I I also then programmed for the Human Genome Project. Wow. And that was fun. I was also doing image processing there. Sure. And I wanted to combine all these different areas. I really like programming. I really like biology, pharmacology, human genome. I wanted to do something which would help promote innovation in all these areas. Sure. And so I ended up passing the U.S. patent bar. Okay. That was back in 96, and I've been doing it ever since. That's amazing. That's amazing. So how things have changed quite a bit. 96 oh, yes. is, is uh, I don't know, I feel like I was using the internet through AOL the free AOL desk and 56K <laughs> modems, right? And now it's, it's this. But given that you were in technology at the infancy of the internet, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people are comparing the infancy of blockchain to you know, that time in the internet, do you think that's a fair comparison or is, it, is that a reach? No, I think it's actually a fair comparison. So at the beginning of the internet, what a lot of folks were saying, we're going to apply internet to our problem. Right. All these businesses were saying, yes, we'll just stick an internet solution on it without really knowing what the internet was. Yes. Or really what kind of problem they're trying to solve. 100%. I'm seeing that a lot with blockchain now. Sure. So companies are rushing to apply blockchain. What does it mean to apply blockchain? Right. How is it going to help your business? What business problem are you trying to solve? What question are you really asking? Do you really need it? Yeah. Do you really need it? Yeah. And I think a lot of companies do benefit from distributed ledger, could benefit from distributed ledger solutions, but it isn't clear to them what they want to do or how they want to do it. Okay. And so there was a lot of disappointment around the internet because folks were expecting it to kind of magically come in and solve all their problems no. without them having to think. Yes. This isn't going to happen. It's not going to happen with the blockchain either. 
Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, it makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Is there any, like, innovation with uh, your old world and your new world when it comes to uh, pharmacy and blockchain at all? Have you heard about anything or, or no? Is that I've, industry still kind of like in the old days? <laughs> well, a lot of industries, basically industries that are highly regulated are stuck to some extent back in old processes. That makes sense. Partly because they're very conservative. Sure. Um, partly because they are very regulated, so they have to apply to a regulator anytime they want to do anything different. They have to show the regulator that it won't cause damage. Right. The regulators, especially in uh, uh, pharmaceuticals, medicine, they're very concerned about causing damage, even if an innovation would bring a lot of benefit. Yes. If it could cause damage, they would rather be more cautious and wait a bit and say, okay, how is this going to help us? Sure. In that context, I have seen some interesting um, applications in uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, one of which is very interesting because there's a big problem right now in many countries with counterfeit pharmaceuticals. Ah, yes. That sounds very dangerous. It is very dangerous. <laughs> so you could have drugs which could be counterfeit and maybe they, active, they have the active ingredient or they don't. Right. Or they may have too much or too little of it. Or they may be cut with other substances. Right which themselves are dangerous, or you may think you're buying it from one of the big pharma companies, but really you're not because it's I've labeled this happening in like third world countries, like in you know, Caribbean and Africa, things of that sort, where people are getting fake, fake, fake uh, drugs, which is, is it was, yeah, it was just scary for sure. It's a particular problem in countries where there may be uh, less developed regulatory infrastructure or right. the communications infrastructure, the ability to label and then trace the path of something as yes. it's being, as it's changing hands, yes. is harder to track. Yes. And for those countries, blockchain could actually be really, really helpful. It could be a way to establish the provenance or the origin of drugs to know that something is not counterfeit, right. to know it's been handled properly. What about storage conditions, right. for example? Some things are very sensitive. Certain kinds of vaccines, for example, if they're not refrigerated, they're, they're basically useless. Right. And then, you know, in these places, uh, a lot of time energy is an issue, right? So for refrigeration and freezing may not always be available. So that makes sense that, you know, you would, you would want that data to make sure that people are safe. Exactly, and blockchain provides really strong accountability, and it also provides um, international access. So this is not something which is going to be limited to one country. You don't have to join a certain group of countries or a certain regulatory body sure. to get that access to have that benefit. Right, right, right. Awesome, awesome. Well, you know, like, 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 we, like I said earlier, we're at the Blockchain Opportunity Summit. And we can keep you here all day, but you know you came to meet uh, a lot of other folks and network. So I want to get let you get back to that. Thanks for being on, but also let us prior to you know checking out. Let us know how how can we find out about you? How can we find out about Kiss Patent? Where where should our listeners go? Awesome. Well, thanks so much for the opportunity to speak with you. It's great. Uh, uh, listeners can go to our website on kisspatent.com. So okay. that's kiss k i s s p a t e n t dot com. Sure. Uh, they can contact us directly from there. If you want to um, email us, you can also try emailing me directly at D-V-O-R-A-H, Devorah, okay. that's me, Yes. at kisspatent.com, or just go to our website and you can fill out the contact us form and we'll reach out back to you. And we're happy to answer all your questions. One of the benefits that we do offer if you go to our website is you can sign up for a free 30-minute consultation. Okay. We'll answer all your patent questions or about trademark and copyright, any questions you may have about idea protection. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Going to look, link to that in the show notes and uh, appreciate your time and appreciate your, the wisdom that you share with us. 
Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me. All right. And it's a wrap for this episode of the Coin Gamma Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please share it out with members of your network, friends, family, associates. And most importantly, please leave a review on your podcast listening platform, whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, you name it. That really helps the podcast out. It helps us get more exposure and share our content with more people. And don't forget, we're available to help you out with your blockchain-related projects. Just reach out, coingamma.com. Until next time.